And of course they kept telling the parents that, you know, the bar's open, the bar's open. So definitely (laughs) that was the dad space. There were dads all lined up at the bar. So that definitely was the dad space. everyone to another bonus episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel. I am your host today. Brian is unable to join me, but I am super excited to talk to our guest today. Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for reaching out to us. We connected on social media. You just, just got off the magic uh, after her first sailing post dry dock. And you've been sharing with us pictures and information about what was going on on the magic. And we thought this would be perfect to have you come on right after your cruise. Give us all the details about the good, the bad, the ugly <laughs> that went on on this sailing, which I think there was a lot of each. So I'm really excited to talk to you. But first, before we dive into our show topic, I'd love to hear uh, your Disney cruise and Disney experience. Um, I know you're a travel agent, so you probably have a lot that a lot more than our average listener or average guest. So yeah, tell us your Disney creds. Okay, so with Disney Cruise Line, this was my 12th sailing, my third time on the Magic. Um, I've been on all five ships, and um, I want to probably say. The dream I've sailed the most, but like I said, this is the third time on the Magic. My first time was prior to the dry dock change with Rapunzel, so I've seen it the oh the original way, and then of yeah. course I've sailed it with the with the modifications, and then now of course the new dry dock. And this was my first time sailing after dry dock. Ah, that well, that's perfect. So you've seen the Magic in three different stages, essentially. It's sort of its original um, configuration or close to its original configuration, then post Rapunzel's and now I'll call it post Soul Cat Lounge, because I think that's the biggest change that I think most people are aware of uh, through social media and through other communications from on the Disney Parks blog and things like that. Um, so awesome. You've got great experience. And I assume you are a Disney park goer. I see you have a bunch of run Disney medals behind you that I can see on the video chat we're talking on right now. Yes, we're annual pass holders too. And we're Florida residents. So it's easy for us to get to the parks. And we've, uh, we're also Disney Vacation Club members. So we, we frequent uh, the Disney destinations quite often. <laughs> You're 100% in on Disney. <laughs> hmm, sounds kind of familiar. <laughs> I know. I told a a guy in the shop when they try to apply your discounts and he said, what discount do you have? I said, name them. (laughs) I I have them all. I said, I drank that Kool-Aid a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) I always say like, okay, wait, which one's the best one again? Because I have them all. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about the sailing on the magic. How many nights was the sailing and where did it leave from? Okay, so this was an eight-night sailing. It was Southern Caribbean, and it left from San Juan. This was my first time actually leaving out of San Juan. We normally, of course, leave out of Florida because we live here in Florida. Uh, but uh, leaving out of San Juan, this was a first. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this was the first sailing out of San Juan for the Magic for this season. So that was all new. This particular departure port was new for me. Anytime I've ever docked in San Juan, we've always been in old San Juan. 
that's where normally the ship docks. And this one actually, there's two ports. So this one was a little farther down. Uh, We did fly in the day before. We stayed at a hotel right by that T-Mobile Convention Center area, which was across the street from where the ship is located. And the ship was actually already there when we got there um, the day before. So we stayed at a hotel across from there and then just took an Uber. It was really simple. The area that where we stayed was very nice as well. Again, that was my first time staying in that area. And again, it was my first time going out of the San Juan port, leaving from the San Juan port. Right, right. Yeah, this was post dry dock because the dry dock took place in Freeport in the Bahamas. And so I think that she sailed to San Juan maybe the day before uh, your sailing in order to be ready for probably reloading the ship with supplies and sort of turnover before um, the sailing. So I I think that, you know, we want to focus today on the upgrades and, and how this sailing was post dry dock. So let's talk about some of the things that were different that you probably saw pretty much immediately after boarding. I'm sure there was a lot of buzz as to, you know, everybody was expecting upgrades, particularly to the promenade lounge and concierge. And so I'm curious as to what you what you notice initially after boarding. Well, if first, the embarkation process uh, was delayed. Uh, we actually took us two hours to get on the ship. There were IT system issues, which... <laughs> No surprise. <laughs> no surprise with Disney. Oh my goodness. When the guy oh. said that they couldn't check people in because there was an IT, I was like, wait, let me get my surprise face on here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that, and of course it's hot. You're in CM1. Um, so that was a two hour delay there. So when we, when you get on the ship, it actually, you enter, you don't enter in, you know, how normally when you come in, you're coming right at the atrium area. We were one deck above which was kind of weird. So you you walk in the door and you have to walk down the, the deck. And when you turn the corner, that's where they announce you. It's not the announcement right as you open and come into that atrium. Um, so that was a little different, but the characters and all, the lobby pretty much looked the same. You know, the little atrium area, all of that looked the same. I do believe there are certain areas that had new carpet right away. You could tell definitely it was brighter. You could also see the transition between the old carpet and the new carpet. So that was noticeable as well. But yeah, Soul Cat was probably the first thing that was, ex- that was exactly what I went there first. Cause I knew, I knew I was hoping, you know, for Rapunzel themed. I think a lot of yes. other people were too. Snuggly duckling. Yep. Yeah. So it's very pretty. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is really pretty. And we talked to a crew member and he said it took three days to tear down and then it took the 15 days to build up. Uh, So they did a nice job in that short period of time. I I like that they have the coffee there that's similar to the Cove. Uh, Then that way you have another option. Uh, We actually went to the Soul Cat Lounge every night and there was a crew member there behind the bar. We thought he was great. Um, We got to know him very well. By the time we walked in every day, he had our drinks (laughs) drinks there on the table. So it was, it was a good meeting space before dinner, before and after dinner. So we met some people that had, we had early seating, they had late seating. And every night we seemed to meet there after we would get an after dinner cocktail before the show and they would be getting a pre dinner cocktail, you know? So it, it was a nice meeting point. I did read in some areas that some people were having issues. There's booths that are along the way. Some people, the leather, the color came off on their clothing. I particularly did not sit in the booth, so I didn't have that experience. We always sat in the tables, but I, I, there was a couple of people that we had met that the coloring of the, I guess, the leather was coming off. Was it 
You remember if it was brown, orange, or red? I feel like it's in that color scheme. I just can't remember which from the pictures. It is. It's more of an orangey, more of an orange on the orange side. Um, I do like the uh, bar stools that are on the outside. So if you want to sit out there and look in, you can. They did have music, of course, playing. Um, they did have one gentleman that played the most, the piano the most. But then they asked, they also filled in with other people. And they also held crafts in there and, of course, trivia and stuff like that. Um, it was a great meeting point. Yeah. So real similar to how they've used the French Quarter Lounge with having, you know, musicians, performers in that space and having the craft activities in the mornings there. I have to ask, you know, they have a new menu there, new drink menu. And there's also uh, Zeppelis on the menu, which spoiler alert, they're basically just a different name for beignets. Um, <laughs> so instead of a New Orleans uh, beignet, you're having a New York Zeppeli. Um, but I think that in the end, they're actually the same pastry. But I'm curious as to what you thought of the menu and whether or not you had a chance to taste one of the I'll call it new, but I'm putting that in quotation marks, Zeppelis. We did. We did order them. And I'll pre I'll start this that I'm dairy free. So there are certain parts of them I could not eat, but my husband did. I'll tell you his opinion. Um, they do sprinkle them with like cinnamon sugar instead of powdered sugar. That makes them different. And they pour um, Nutella, pretty much Nutella, like over top the hazelnut, which I can't have because it has milk in it. But they were they were they were hot. They were nice. They were a big hit. Uh, we wanted to try the, my husband wanted to try the beer that's on tap because it's unique beer to that particular bar, but unfortunately it wasn't ready. So we couldn't try that. And, you know, we did try a couple of the cocktails and they were good. And then of course they had some different kind of ciders and other normal beers like Blue Moon, all that kind of stuff. They were all there. Um, and actually I was at O'Gill's and one of the ciders I wanted was at that. They actually walked over and got it because I think somehow their bar connects in the back. <laughs> So they were able they were able to walk over and get my drink from there and take it over to O'Gills, which is nice. <laughs> I, I I heard from you and from others through social media that there was actually a lot of construction sort of st- or a lot of vendors, contractors still on board while you all were sailing. Can you tell us what kinds of things you saw them up to around the ship? So to go back to embarkation, um, I always check for, you know, an upgrade at the port. They were sold out. As soon as we got in there, they were sold out. Um, They said their ship was completely full. But then talking to to crew members, the ship was not full at all. So what was going on was a lot of third-party contractors were staying on the ship, which then... ultimately made it full. Our, we were on deck five aft. Um, we had a navigator's veranda and across the hall from us um, were actually crew that stayed there. But I think they were more officer level because they were with the white uniforms. And every day their laundry was hanging outside their door. So we <laughs> knew that, that that's who they were and where they were because they were, you know, we saw them quite often. At first I thought they had family members on board and that's why they were going in that room. But then we realized that they had a lot of crew there. And our particular server, this was her first sailing back from her break. And she was bunked between a bunch of other servers because her room wasn't ready because it was filled with contractors. So yes, there were a lot of contractors on board. There was a lot of painting going on board. They were upgrading. We personally saw them upgrading the cameras, sound systems. They were constantly walking around, you know, with just doing little odds and ends updates, painting on the outside, as well as on the inside throughout the ship, changing some things, uh, doors, stuff like that. So definitely things that you, I would think you would normally see 
when you're at ports, like I usually do those kind of things at port, but on this particular sailing, we had five port days and two sea days pretty much every day. There was something going on construction wise on the ship. And of course we did have, um, which I know you know this, the soda machines were broken for at least, I think two days they were broken. And then we were down to just two and the, the third one was broken. And then the soft serve ice cream was broken for two days. And again, I don't know if a lot had to do with the cooling system, you know, with the machines and stuff, because I do understand that they did replace the air conditioning, which of course was broken in a lot of places on the ship as well. Uh, so again, the contractors were there, they were visible, you could definitely see them. They were making changes, they were doing updates throughout the whole cruise. Now, we we had heard that there maybe was some a flooding issue during the dry dock that maybe was uh, shorted out the ice cream machines and maybe the soda machines or, or had something to do with that with that issue on board, did you hear any of that? And no, I didn't. One thing that we did, the adult pool, uh, normally, so you know, it's, it's filled, like there's a little bit of water that goes on the, the part that you can walk around, if that makes sense, if everybody yeah, understands like that rim. pool. So yes. yeah, if we're picturing the pool, there's like, uh, let's think of it with a rectangle within a rectangle. And so this, the rectangle in the middle is a, a deeper pool, maybe five feet. And then the surrounding area, there's about, I'll say two two or it's probably about three feet wide and it is maybe just a few inches deep of water so that you can sort of wade in that part and you can even sit in there with your feet dangling in the deeper part. But a lot of, and the, yeah, the adult pool is is a little bit, it looks actually bigger than it is because of that, but it's really actually a nice, comfortable place to, to sit and cool off if you don't want to immerse yourself completely in the water. So the first day it was filled like normal you know, like it normally is. Later on in the day, the water was very refreshing in the morning, but by the evening, it was like a hot tub, like hot, hot. (laughs) It was very uncomfortable. It was not good. Then while we were there, all of a sudden, a bunch of contractors started going towards signals, you know, the bar that's right there. And of course, if you remember, like the ice cream is like off, like behind that area. So the, the pool was leaking into the bar area and like going forward on the one I'm going forward, right? Yeah. Forward on the ship. So it's like, it just kept doing that. So then, then there was no water on that ledge. It was only in the deep end. There was no water on the ledge at all because apparently that's where somehow it was leaking. So that went on for a couple of days and then they finally did fix it. And we did have water in that part, but it definitely was different because we knew it wasn't supposed to be that way. So the bar kept getting flooded, if that made sense. So I don't know. So maybe that's the flooding that then ultimately went to the ice cream. I don't know. I mean, they never said, but it makes sense because it's all sort of in that in that close yeah, area. Yeah, it could be shorting out the whatever the breakers or whatever that are over there and connect to the ice cream machines and maybe even the soda machines that are further down. Wow. And they said that they kept running out of the Mickey bars because I guess they were doing the Mickey bars instead of the ice cream. So they kept running out of those. And then you had to go into cabanas to fill up your soda. They had that open the whole time because the soda machines, of course, were were closed. Let's talk about um, other upgrades. I I know you weren't staying concierge, but I, I know you could see that there was a difference to the concierge uh, lounge makeup from just from that that pool deck. Tell us what what of course you observed and if you heard anything good or bad uh, about those upgrades. Well, I did hear that their lounge had good AC. I did hear that <laughs> since there since there was a lot of spaces with no AC. <laughs> I That's did hear important. that. 
<laughs> there, there are, from what I could tell from the pool deck, and I tried, I tried so hard to go in there and look at that lounge and not one person was budging for me, but they have an outside area now, like it's an open area. And then they have another wing. It's two wings that they built and they're on both sides. I do have to say, I particularly did, I was not fond of the wings because it took up a lot of deck space in my opinion. That walkway going down both sections of that is much smaller now. I don't know about you, but I like to take pictures in front of the stack with the Mickey emblem, of course. And that's kind of like an eyesore now because it just sticks right there where that is located. So that's just my personal opinion. It took, to me, it took up a lot of space. I don't know, do they have that many people that go into that lounge that they needed to add two wings? I don't know. But they do say that it's beautiful. They said it made a big difference. Again, it was locked. I tried to sweet talk people and they (laughs) just wouldn't let me see it. (laughs) Yeah. So I will tell you, it's actually um, it's it's actually now like its sister ship or similar to the Wonder. So the Wonder does have the two wings. In fact, the Wonders is even I think a little bit it might even be a little bit bigger on the one on one of the sides because it doesn't have the aqua dunk that the magic has. But what we've heard is that this is sort of phase one of the upgrade to the concierge space. They have so the outdoor deck space was already that was already there. They've just sort of semi enclosed it because that is eventually going to become indoor space. And then there will be a new sun deck on top. That's what we've heard. This is more rumor and that it is actual fact. But if it mirrors the wonder, that's what it will eventually look like. But that will have to wait, uh, presumably, till the next dry dock to occur. But I think the answer to your question about this, how much space they need, they upgraded several or a lot of rooms on deck eight that were non-concierge to concierge. So because of that upgrade, the answer is absolutely yes. They need that extra space now in the concierge lounge, again, to make it mirror the Wonder. So the Wonder already had those upgrades in its dry dock years ago. And so, but uh, it does take up deck space and particular on the Magic where you have the Aqua Dunk that does take up that additional space. I do think it makes more of an impact than it does on the Wonder where you don't have that extra water slide. I mean, people don't people forget this, but the Wonder has one less water slide than all of the other ships um, because it does not have it only has the what is it called? The twist and spout that that anyone can go on. It's adults and kids, but it is more of a probably more kid kid friendly slide. But yeah, it does not have an aqua duck or an aqua dunk or an aqua mouse. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was just on the Wonder in March. And to be honest, I didn't notice that the deck was that much shorter. Like, you know, it didn't seem to be as much as it was on the Magic. And the last time I was on the Magic was probably November of 2021. So I mean, for it to stick out like that, I would if I was on the one I was just on the Wonder in March. So yeah, I didn't notice it as much. Yes, it did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like you said, like I said, it might be because of the shape is a little different than they I think that it's a little bit different than they had to do it on the Wonder because of the aqua dunk. And so it probably does make that that walkway even even tighter. But that's interesting to hear. Uh, Curious to hear about upgrades to some activities. I heard there were upgrades to the trivia, maybe to make it more in line with what's going on on the wish. But I don't know if you experienced that, Jen. I did not. I did not go to the trivia. I did talk to somebody that went to the animation and apparently that changed. 
it was more of a video, like you watched the video, which I was told was similar to what they're doing on The Wish. Yeah. So a lot of people, I don't want to say complained, but they weren't happy about that because they liked the way it was before. So that was that. I did not go to any of the trivia, but the biggest entertainment change that in, I know you're aware of was the new meet and greet, <laughs> which I did actually love. And I did attend that. So um, that was a lot of fun. Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL duo so they know we sent you their way thanks my path unwinding for sponsoring the show and with that back to our episode yeah tell us about the encanto meet and greet encanto celebration what it included we've seen i've of course shared some pictures on social media that some other folks sent but we haven't gotten to talk to anybody about this yet so i'd love for our listeners to know what what it is where it's held and whether or not it costs more and you have to make reservations so you do not need to make reservations they do put the times in the app our particular sailing it was on our last sea day it was at two o'clock and four o'clock. But then I also heard that they did have it the day before while we were in port. But I think that was more of a dry run. Uh, and that's probably why they did it that way. Um, so the two o'clock celebration is the one that we attended. Uh, you could definitely tell they were nervous about it. There was a lot of higher up people in the back filming and paying attention. I thought it was adorable. I loved it. I was My husband and I were probably the only adults in the line. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But it was an hour and it was a full hour. You walk in. This is the only negative thing I have to say about it. It's a craft. You do a craft. So when you walk in, there's a table and you're supposed to pick your crafts. So for instance, you make a butterfly. So it's the tissue paper and the, the um, pipe cleaners. So there was a there was a big like stop right there at the table because people are picking colors. I think Disney would do a better job if they had them pre-packaged. Like if you want to make a butterfly, here's a butterfly. If you want to make a flower, here's a flower. But by letting people pick their colors and their tissue, it kind of held up that line at the table. So we kind of bypassed that. I I did take a, a paper that showed the different the instructions for the crafts, um, but I didn't pick the crafts. I left them for the kids. But we did go and sit down. They cover the round tables, and it's like with a cloth, and they're decorative. And they had two Moroccos, so they had two of those. But they 
transformed the whole D lounge. There were garlands up on the ceiling with flowers. They had beautiful flower arrangements on the bar. Of course, they had the stuff on the stage. It was beautiful. I was totally transformed in my opinion. And of course, they kept telling the parents that, you know, the bar's open, the bar's open. So definitely (laughs) that was the dad space. There were dads all lined up at the bar. So that definitely was the dad space. So what they did was they did a trivia. So if you know the movie, you will do, you know, very well on the trivia because they, they ask questions about the trivia. They did have two cast members that sort of led the whole thing and they were great. They sang, they danced and they talked, you know, went through all the trivia stuff. They went over the crafts and then it was sort of like a sing along. They brought the kids up on stage and they would, you know, the Bruno song, you know, they would sing all of that. So it was a lot of fun. And the kids, you know, they seemed to really like it. And I was highly impressed that they knew more Spanish than I did. (laughs) (laughs) They could answer the questions a lot easier than I could, I guess, from the movie. But and then they did a little like conga line that went all the way around. And at the end of the line, like they came up from the center. And here she comes right up into the center of the stage. And her and and Bruno and um, it was beautiful. And they sat up on stage. And of course, all the kids went crazy. And, and they did a little like talk and dance and then you had time for pictures. It was great. I loved oh, it. Oh, that's awesome. That sounds so fun. I love Mirabelle and I love Bruno, even though I, I will say it's not my favorite like Disney movie. I think the music is fantastic and I actually really enjoy the characters except for the grandmother. I hate the grandmother. I won't even talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm glad she's not a character for the meet and greet. I'm curious, did you, I hear there were some special drinks, including maybe there was like a a certain kind of beer available and there were some cocktails. And I'm curious if you guys got to try any of those. No, they didn't mention. Now that I'm curious, I should have gone to the bar. Uh, They didn't, (laughs) they didn't mention. um, They just said the bar was open. They didn't mention that there was um, special. Now I'm disappointed. I should have went to the bar. Um, They didn't mention anything about special cocktails. They just said to definitely go to the to the bar that it was open. It was fun. I think the kids really enjoyed it. I really do. And they I mean, even Bruno, he was like, you know, where are you from? I told him from Florida. He said, how's your insulation there? Like, can I have a good spot <laughs> to stay? I mean, very, it was, they were super, super nice. And oh, really good in character then. I love that. They were. And even it was funny because I said, I hope that one day, you know, I'll see them in Orlando because, you know, she said that Mirabelle said she'd been to Orlando. And I said, oh, I hope one day I'll get to see you in Orlando. And she said, it might be soon. (laughs) So she she was really cute about it. And like I said, the two cast members that like ran the whole thing, they were great. They were really good with the kids. And um, I think it was overall, I mean, I, I laughed like during the songs, they would hold up little sticks behind the kids, like with little rats on it or like the umbrella when that part of the song comes across. And I thought that was really cute. I mean, I don't know. I, I thought I would have gone to the four o'clock. I thought it was super cute. It did line up very early and it did line up on the side D lounge, not the part that faces the atrium. It was on the side. That makes sense because they probably still have character meet and greets going on kind of on that side near on the atrium side where oftentimes Mickey or Minnie or somebody is waiting for pictures. And so they tend to, if there's a line for D lounge, they tend to make it that side entrance instead of that front entrance. Yeah. And that's what they did. And that's where they had the table and everything like that. It was cute. It was super cute. I would highly recommend it for your children, especially if they like the movie to brush up on their trivia about the movie because I love that's how it. They, pulled, they pulled the kids up on stage. It was really cute. And everybody sang. Everybody knew all of it. And it was a lot of fun. 
Awesome. Well, I will say with regard to the drinks, I, I, so I heard there was, I don't know if it's one or two beers, but I think they may be like, they may have a spe- like a Colombian beer on board for that, that you can purchase. And then there are a couple of special cocktails that they have also for purchase, but somebody was posting uh, or it sent me a picture and I posted it on our Instagram and it's supposedly unnamed drink number three, meaning it doesn't actually even have a name yet. <laughs> <laughs> So that's funny. I think, yeah. So who knows? But I heard, I've been hearing great things. I love to hear that you enjoyed it, Jen. Even sailing without children, I I think that's you know it's it tells you when that Disney gets it right when they create a meet and greet and sing along that is clearly geared particularly to kids, but that adults adults love it too. And and you're not the only one I've heard that from. So I I love I love to hear that from multiple sources. It's fantastic. So good job. Disney on that. Um, <laughs> I'd love to hear if there are any other, you know, it sounds like there were some, you know, but there was the soda, obviously, and the ice cream and the AC issues going on. I'm curious if you heard of any other sort of issues. And I, one one I said earlier was trivia I heard was they upgraded the system, but because they upgraded the system to the nose more trivia consistent with what they've got on the wish, they were having issues with with accessing think it was like the music trivia or something like that. And so there were some issues with that. But I'm curious as if you saw or heard any other issues going on on the ship that where things were particularly not either ready or, or not working as they normally do or should. There were the AC was the biggest thing, I have to say. And it A lot of staterooms were without AC. Ours was cool, but not cold. We asked for a fan and all the fans were uh, taken for people that had no AC, which I understand. I mean, we were in the Southern Caribbean. It was hot. So that was an issue, but it was certain areas like six, seven, and eight. Those hallways, you could definitely tell were really bad. And then like the movie, when we were in the main theater, I've always worn a sweater. Always. I'm always cold. It was not. It was hot. And, you know, it definitely, again, it did not ruin in my vacation by any means. Um, I do understand that they upgraded the AC system or they added a new one. I don't know what they did, but they did something to the AC system and it definitely was not working properly. And they knew it. They were they were trying to fix it. So that was a big issue. But then there were certain areas because the AC was working on overdrive. So the condensation was leaking from the ceiling in a lot of areas. Um, so you had that a lot of the new carpet, especially where Rapunzel's was located. So if you come down the aft stairs and you go towards Rapunzel, that was all n- new carpet, but it was very discolored. I believe because of the flooding that they had had in certain areas, like in front of the theater, there were certain spots where the carpet was a little damp. Again, I think it's from, I don't know if it's from the AC unit working overdrive (laughs) when the the condensation was coming down. So there were areas like that. And then there was a lot of new sound systems added. So in a lot of areas, the music and the sound was really loud. And I don't know if it's because Maybe they were used to the old system and they had to turn it up or they weren't used to how to work this system. I don't know. But a lot of areas, it was it was too loud in, in certain areas. So they did have that, those concerns. I'm trying to go through all my notes because it was, there were so many things that like the, the adult pool was the big one, I feel like. And of course, the soda machines and the AC. Um, but again, they tried their best. They really did in trying to, to make everybody happy and to fix things. Another big thing, and I, I don't know if you were going to mention this or not, were the castaway gifts. Oh, yeah. Forgot. No, I forgot. We talked about this before we started recording the show. Yeah. Tell tell our listeners what a debacle that was, because that sounds crazy to me. 
So this, I believe this was one of the first sailings because they started May 1st, right? So I don't know how many sailings were, well, I know not on the magic, but you know, we're prior with the castaway gifts. So we had a note in our room that told us what we were supposed to get. We are platinum. So according to the video, we're supposed to have the lanyards, the castaway bag, the dry wet bag, and the beach towel. That's what we're supposed to have. And then of course, Pearl has the little champagne flutes and then the big bag that everything goes in. So when we got into our room, we had the note that says we were getting it, but there were no gifts. So we talked to our cabin steward and she was new. She just got on the ship with same as us. So I don't blame her in any way. She literally just got on the ship like we did. And she said, you'll have to go to guest services to let them know. I'll let my manager know, but you need to let this guest services know. There were a lot of people that did not have the gifts in their room. And that's not normal. We know that's not normal. They are there when we come in. So I went to guest services. And again, I, I mentioned this to you earlier. I, I've never been to guest services. I think maybe what back in the day when you had to sign up for mixologies, maybe that's the only time I've ever, I've ever been there. But uh, so I go down and I talked to the gentleman and he wrote it down. He said, we'll have somebody bring it to you. Then nothing happened that night. So then the next day I went back down again and I mentioned it again. And then we received that night, we received the castaway bag and one lanyard. I So I go back down again and I said, you know, and he, they the guy said, well, we don't handle it. Dining and beverages handles, you know, handles it now. So we'll have to get them to get it to you. But we don't know. We don't have them here. But, you know, they just everything, every excuse you can think of. So then finally, I was like, okay, can I speak to a supervisor? Because clearly there's an issue here. And after speaking to a supervisor, she said, oh, no, it's one lanyard per stateroom. And I said, no, it's not one lanyard per stateroom. How does a supervisor on at guest services, not know what the nor I mean, even even if they didn't sort of weren't familiar with the new castaway club gifts, it has always been that every person who is a returning cruiser, so as long as it's not your first time cruising, gets a lanyard. You might maybe you get the wrong color. I could understand if they don't, you know, ran out of platinum one, so here's a gold one or whatever. How does a supervisor not even know the cardinal rule? Everyone gets a lanyard who is a returning cruiser. Other gifts are all per stateroom. Lanyards are always per person. And meanwhile, there are tons of people around me all wearing lanyards. <laughs> so I'd like I know that little kid's not in a room by himself. Like, you know, so I uh, spoke to her and she said she would talk to Shoreside Services and we had to go over again. I went to the video on Instagram, Disney Cruise Line's Instagram page and I showed her, I said, look, this is what Platinum is supposed to get. And I told her, I said, I'm, I'm really sorry. I don't, I don't mean to argue with you about it. It's, it's a lanyard. It's not, you know. Uh, I'm not asking but, for like a $500 gift. I'm asking for a lanyard. Yeah. So anyway, so she, uh, she said, I'll check with Shoreside Services and we'll get back to you. So then the next day we had the extra lanyard and the dry wet bag. So then we finally had everything we were supposed to get. But after talking to other people on the ship and then even on the airplane on the flight home, talking to people there and a couple people in the Facebook group that I'm in for the cruise, a lot of platinum people did not get the dry wet bag that because that's gold level. And I guess they didn't understand that we're supposed to get everything from silver to platinum. So there were a lot of people that were missing that the lanyards were a big issue. And then just side note on the lanyards, I don't know if there's any other platinum people out there. But I find that the platinum color to me personally, it looks like silver, it looks like the silver lanyards. And I mean, I don't want to sound rude about it or anything. But 
I, I prefer the black ones. I felt like they stood out a little bit more. I think if you've gone on more than 10 cruises, you know, you, you, I don't know. The gold was very obvious. Like you could tell the gold the most out of everybody, but the platinum definitely looked a lot like the silver. And I personally didn't care for that at all. Agreed. I, I don't understand why they didn't do the same pouch for everyone like they could have they could have actually like probably saved some money by ordering like one set of the Disney like the Mickey pouch and then just doing you know different colored lanyard right like everybody gets the same pouch but the lanyard attached to it is a different color because I I don't know to me it's like the thing that always differentiates was the the lanyard not the pouch but I yeah and I actually think that the clear plastic pouch is probably easier from a user-friendly standpoint. So what I'm going to do on my next cruise is I'm going to bring one of my old lanyards with me so that I can, I'm going to keep that Mickey pouch because it's cute, right? But I'm going to use probably the plastic pouch. But I agree. I'm We're also platinum and I like the lanyard. I haven't seen them in person. Of course, I've only seen pictures of them, but I like the black lanyard. I'm not sure why they didn't stick with why they went with a they went with more of a I'll call it a titanium color, which looks very similar to the silver. It's darker. It's a darker gray, but it's still um, it's closer to the silver than what it was before, which was a clearly black. Yeah, if you unless you're standing right next to a silver person, you don't notice if you if we were just walking down the hall, it would you you would think that it was silver across the board. Um, so definitely my husband did that. He We had, we're DVC members. So we got the DVC lanyards. Of course, we used those at first because we didn't have the castaway lanyards. <laughs> so we took the little plastic off of the DVC lanyard and he used it because it is bulky. The little Mickey one, is, it, it's bulky. It's bigger. It's much bigger. So he didn't care for that on his at all. So he used the little plastic one for himself. And um, yeah, I I hardly ever wore it. I honestly, because it, I kept it in my purse mainly because I just, I just didn't care for it. Yeah, I I hear you on that. Now, one thing that you did mention uh, before we started recording was also they said, oh, if you don't end up getting one, they can you can call Shoreside and they'll mail you one or something like that. And I want to tell people, no, do not take that as an answer. And I and I don't say that because the cast member isn't well-meaning. The cast member, I'm sure, is well-meaning. But we had something similar happen to us on maybe our second or third cruise where Brian wanted a particular T-shirt. They didn't have it in the size of we wanted, which was just, you know, size large men's, which is always like the most common size. And they said, oh, you can call Shoreside and you can get one. They'll order you one and send it to you at home. And the answer to that is no, they will not. Shoreside does not always have access to the things that are on the ship. In fact, often they they don't and they will not send you one after. I'm not saying they won't. It's possible they will, but I would not take that as an answer because oftentimes that will just not be able to, they won't be able to make it happen even if they wanted to. And so if there is a Castaway Club gift that you're supposed to get on board, be nice, but be persistent. And that's what I think it took with you, Jen, was being nice, but being persistent and going back to guest services like three or four times. And um, after the third time I walked away and I just, I was walking down the hall and I just thought, this is not normal. Like I've been on enough cruises to know this is not normal. Like we, we are not normally treated this way. Like these are things that normally don't happen. So that I turned around and that's when I went back and I said to the, to, that's when I asked to talk to a supervisor, she came out and we talked and I said to her, look, I, I know this is not normal. Like I I don't want to argue with you over a lanyard. Can we just get a lanyard? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Just make it happen. Yeah. 
So that night, that's what we had. Some other things that I wanted to touch on real quick, changes wise. I don't know. I think I sent you a picture. The carpet and Lumineers changed. Oh, yeah. So I don't remember what the old carpet looked like. My server told me it had bubbles. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah. Because you're supposed to be under. Un- oh, well, actually, no, I, I'm not sure if it did. Now that I'm, I'm thinking Tritons, because that's under the sea. But does, gosh, does the one in, I don't, I honestly don't remember what the carpet in Lumiere's looks like. <laughs> I, I don't normally take pictures of carpets, so I, I don't know. But now it has a rose that mirrors the rose, of course, that comes down in the center. So that was new. The DVC lounge, the DVC office was new. Oh, yes. And you got some great pictures of that, too. It was very pretty. Uh, they have a, off to the side, they have a secret door for the children to play. And it has like interactive, it's a screen, kind of looks like the in Bell, the door in Bell. It's what it sort of looks like, but it's an interactive screen for the children to play with, I guess, while their mom and dad are buying DVC. <laughs> so, it's really cute. It's a cute little room. Their office is very pretty. I, I, I don't know if you noticed the office on the Wish. I think it's actually nicer than the one on the Wish, personally. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, it's 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 bigger. But that again, had a like the locks weren't finished on the doors. There were some things even like the handles on the cabinets and stuff like that. So they were still working on that as well. Because when you, it's on deck two, and it's right between the elevators. So sort of like the laundry on the wish, you know how it's in between the elevators, it's sort of the same. So there are two big wooden doors that are normally supposed to stay open because there's French doors behind it that will look into the DVC office. But because the locks were not finished, the main doors were closed. So eventually, I think their concept is to keep those big doors open so that when people walk by, they see the beautiful French doors that look at this beautiful office with the big welcome home sign. Um, And so they're going to get to that hopefully soon. But it's very pretty. With those doors closed, it would it would sort of take that extra effort, right, to go in. And you want D- DVC wants to lure people in for their sales. Now, do they still have the desk on what is that deck four, just above the atrium? Do they still have the desk there where you can go and get your your DVC gifts and sort of do that little check in there? Yes, they do. They have the the desk on deck four, but then it's an easy walk down just to the stairs because it's on deck two for the office. So most of the people were meeting their guide there and then just walking down the stairs. So it was very nice. Yeah, if the if the main doors are closed on that office, it kind of makes you think the crew goes back there that you're not supposed to go back there. So yeah, having those doors open with the French doors will definitely be more appealing to people coming in to buy DVC for sure. Sounds very similar now to how they set it up on the Wish where you've got the desk and the office both as opposed to the other ships which all just have the DVC desk. Yeah. Yeah, they said that. I I believe the gentleman said that they do a, a lot of business on the cruise ships. So that's why they wanted to have, um, I know that the offers are always better on the cruise. They wanted to have a nicer space. And it is, there's there's three offices that they can go into and there's a waiting room out in the area. And then there's that little kid room with that door, the magic door. Uh, so it's definitely going to be nice once it's finished. I mean, it looked nice now, but once it's complete, it'll be really nice. Uh- I'll be I'm I'm excited to check out actually the magic door myself for the <laughs> for the, the kids space. I always love those spaces. I feel like they do a great job with all those little touches for the for the kids. Any any other upgrades or changes that we haven't talked about, Jen? The gym. The gym received all new equipment. Um, and you could definitely tell. Somebody, I don't know if it was you that told me or somebody told me that the floor was new. I didn't notice. It didn't look it didn't look overly new, but it could have been. I don't I don't necessarily look at the floor when I go to the gym. But uh, the equipment was definitely nice 
nicer and it was definitely new and they had like a lot of spin cycles and stuff all lined up. So that you could definitely tell the gym had an upgrade for sure. And we did hear that those machines like the treadmills and whatnot are now set up so that you can watch your Disney movies and whatnot on the screens right there. So you can it's essentially the the same system that you have have in your stateroom is available now on those treadmills, which is a huge upgrade. I mean, you know, if you're if you're on training for a marathon or something and you need to get some time hit on the treadmill, it's quite hard to do it when you have nothing to watch. But other than that, I mean, I'm going through all my list. They did say the concierge rooms, which, you know, we talked about, they were upgraded, um, which they did. A couple of people had some issues with those. Some of them were missing closet doors. Um, some were leaking. Some didn't have AC yet. The crew member did tell us that some of the suites had minor changes to them. You know, the Roy suites and the, you know, those. I didn't, I just a crew member happened to tell us that, but I didn't hear any rumors of those changing. And I didn't meet anybody that were staying in that room. (laughs) Uh, We did walk down there just to see and everything looked the same, you know, from the outside. So I don't know if if that was true or not. Well, Jen, thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. This was super helpful to hear feedback from what happened on the magic on this, on its first sailing post dry dock. Now, I know you're a travel agent, so I would love to for you to be able to share your information with our listeners if they are looking to book their next Disney cruise or Disney vacation with you. How can they reach you? Great. Thank you so much. Uh, so I actually own About the Memories Travel. It's a small travel agency and uh, you can reach me, you know, via the website or my Instagram is travel with underscore Jen. Uh, you can definitely message me there as well. Um, I have a great team and we're always so happy to help others plan such magical vacations. That is, that is why we got into this and we, and we do love it. And again, this cruise was not normal. And I know that it was definitely different. It's not normal for D- Disney. And I, I would definitely, and I, I have trips booked already. I would definitely book again. I might not book a dry dock again, but I definitely. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be booking my next uh, Disney cruise. So we would love to help anybody plan a magical vacation. And thank you so much for this opportunity to talk to you today. Thanks so much, Jen. Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402 402- 
413-5590, and that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with a DCL duo. Good night. <laughs>